Hello, it is Wednesday, February 17th. Got a great show for you. Let's get right to it, huh, Ty? Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's go. Hey, let's go. Bye. Right, let's go. Off um, Friday. Mm-hmm. Off Friday. Yep. We'll have a show tomorrow. Uh, the entire thing will be co-hosted by AJ Hawk and the boys, obviously. Mm-hmm. But hey, let's have a damn Wednesday, shall we, Ty? Let's get to it. A lot of conversations today with uh, incredible guests. From the Oakland Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry. The Las Vegas Raiders, formerly the L.A. Raiders. Darren Waller, tight end, will be joining. Yeah. Shout out to him. He's a friend of the show, been on before. Uh, incredible conversation, incredible story. Also, incredible tight end who is being underpaid immensely. Where will he be at the end of his career? Are the Raiders going to pay Darren Waller for what he's worth, which is an electrifying tight end that took over some games in prime time this year? Can't wait to chat with him in about 22 minutes, especially with the current state of my relationship with Raiders fans. I'm excited to see how I handle that conversation with Darren Waller. Maybe I'll be trying to bait him to go to a team that'll care for him Ooh, you know what i mean maybe i will okay. or maybe i'll say hey the raiders they saw you warming up for another team and said let's get that guy over here then they put him in a position to succeed and they do so everybody else could have had darren waller they chose not to the raiders are the only ones that really put him in a position to succeed and he has done that congrats to darren waller he'll be talking to us in about 21 minutes and in the second hour two-time two-time super bowl champion LaShawn McCoy will be joining us. Hey! Come on. 15,000 rushing yards or yards from scrimmage, I believe, on his entire career. Those are Hall of Fame-like numbers. He was electrifying whenever he was playing for the Eagles, the Bills. Last year, he goes to the Chiefs. This year, he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He wins two Super Bowls, gets two rings. Now he's probably sailing off into the sunset, maybe, or playing another year. We'll talk to him about that. Plus, his experience in the NFL, his life in the NFL. You know, he was there for Chip Kelly for a little bit, then Chip Chip Kelly sent him out of town, right? Yeah. Traded him for a linebacker. I forget his name. Kiko Alonso. Yeah, there it is. He Ooh. comes back there. He goes up to Buffalo. Everybody thought he was potentially going to mail it in because he's an Eastern Pennsylvania guy playing for his hometown team. Eagles kind of got shipped out of town. Was he going to get better? Complete opposite. Turned it up up there. Started balling out for Buffalo. Can't wait to chat with him about what it was like to be a part of the last two Super Bowl teams. What are the Chiefs like? What are the Bucks like? What is your life like? That'll be at about 105 Eastern Standard Time. Literally 59 minutes and 55 seconds from right now. And in the third hour, Jason Sanders, who just inked a five-year, $22 million deal with the Miami Dolphins well, down yeah. there. Nobody knows what the quarterback position is going to look like going forward in Miami, but everybody knows that Jason Sanders is going to be their kicker. He's a hell of a ball kicker. Also scored a touchdown two years ago. The guy's an absolute legend, and he just earned himself quite a bag. Maybe he'll buy the condo from Gronk that is down there in the 305. Speaking of, uh, free agency is like one month from right now. Gronkowski is potentially a free agent, although the world believes that he is only going to play with Tom Brady. Yesterday, Rob Ninkovich came in and uh, basically said, why wouldn't Gronk hit the free agency? Why wouldn't Gronk go see what the market has to say about him? Why wouldn't Gronk experience something for the first time in his entire career to see, you know, what everybody else kind of puts a value on him? Rob Ninkovich said, why not a three-year, 10 to $12 million a year deal have him in the red zone be your big third down target there's a lot of teams that probably be interested that's 30 to 36 million is what rob ninkovich is thinking in his head now i don't know how much rob has talked to rob about this entire thing or how much rob ninkovich has talked to other nfl gms to put a price tag on what gronkowski would make but would rob gronkowski turn down that massive paycheck just to remain uh tight end for tom brady 
A lot of people would say yes. I happen to think yes, he would, because he said it in the past, I'll retire, and now that was Detroit. Pre-kneecap gnawing Detroit. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He said, I'll just retire. Tom Brady's my quarterback. Then Tom Brady goes to Tampa. He goes, I'll go play with Tom in Tampa or whatever. So is it just because it was Detroit that he said that? Or is there a chance that maybe if Miami comes in, offers him big money with B-Flow, a guy he knows rather well, would he not just go in and do that? That's a big conversation to be had. We'll talk about that today. All the other free agents, Dak Prescott, is he going to get franchise tagged? If he gets franchise tagged for the next two years or whatever, he'll earn $120 million in three years, which would be the highest paid quarterback. Everybody's saying that the Dallas Cowboys have fucked this up so bad that they're not going to be able to handle whatever the cap call is for Dak Prescott to be their quarterback long term. Will they franchise tag him? That's $37 million. What will happen with the salary cap next year? People are saying it's potentially going to go down. Then they're saying, no, it'll plateau. Then now we're saying it might go up a little bit. If the NFL found a way to make money this past season with nobody in the stands, I would assume that the NFL Players Association is going to wonder about the negotiations that they have, about how much money, who people... Imagine if the NFL was able to turn a massive profit this season, which, by the way, they probably will somehow. I I don't know how they'll do it. They probably will. They had 47 million people watching uh, the NFC Championship. There's a massive amount. If the salary cap goes up, that indicates that they made money, right? It's because of the percentage of overall income and revenue, which is split into the players, 50-50, 49-51, maybe. I forget what it is. But if the NFL figured out how to make money this year with no stadiums basically being allowed to be filled, no beers to be chugged, no nachos to be overpriced no merch at the stadium to be sold no parking no anything like that i think you got to give it the nfl might be the greatest business of all time oh yeah literally of all time but that salary cap is gonna be the deciding factor for a lot of guys a lot of guys currently on rosters the contracts are big they're gonna get cut potentially if the salary cap stays or goes down because when those uh contracts were negotiated the idea was that that salary cap would continue to rise so there's more money more money more money because then it goes you know in ratio to uh how the salary cap climbs so does your contract a lot of guys i'm not saying there isn't guys that get front loaded and kind of falls off on the back i understand that but for some players a lot of players It kind of goes up as the salary cap is expected to go up. Those numbers are to remain the same due to negotiation that has already happened no matter what happens in the salary cap. So if that thing plateaus, look for some cap casualties that we could have never thought about. Look for people not to get re-signed, places that we could have never thought about. If that thing goes down, look for that definitely. If that goes up, I mean, I'm excited to see what moves get made because you saw what the Chiefs were able to do after. What will Tampa do? Who all end up down there? Adrian Peterson's already saying, get me down there. You got running backs and other vets like LaShawn McCoy are like, get me down there. How are they able to be able to navigate it all? And Dominican Sue said he's not hanging up. Are they going to have to pay him again? I mean, there is a lot to be had this offseason. It all depends upon the salary cap. And Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys, that's going to be an indicator as well. If Dak hits the market, look for everybody to go banana that is currently looking for a quarterback. And then what will Dallas do? Does that mean Dallas is going to get into play for another one of the quarterbacks? Maybe Carson Wentz goes down to Dallas. Whoa. Whoa. Huh? Or something in the division? Huh? Who says no? Get back at the Eagles. That'd be great. Anyways, there's a lot to talk about today. A lot of your phone calls is... As well, one eight 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 Mad Dog Six. Twenty five years ago, yesterday, Happy Gilmore was debuted to the world, and a sensation was created. Still being watched to this day, still an impactful movie in the sports world, in the golf world, basically in everyday life. The fact that yesterday, Happy Shooter 
Ben Stiller's character should have known the name. How? How? The characters, they all bought in, played in, utilized social media, took over the world. I'm a massive fan of. Mostly because Happy still got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that ball was yeah. I'm not lying. It was smashed. <laughs> smashed. Absolutely slaughtered. Shooter McGavin, by the way, still has his fastball. Cut a promo, put the camera down, made a putt. Cut a promo, all in one shot. And then, obviously, Ben Stiller gets involved there at the end, talking about uh, Happy's mother. It was a beautiful day on the internet yesterday, okay? Absolutely beautiful day on the internet. What that led to was us also looking up old Shooter McGavin internet videos. I assume Shooter has lived a much different life than Adam Sandler has at this point. Shooter still potentially got a fastball that people think is a bit creepy. But Uh if that movie happens, Happier Gilmore... I'm all about Ooh. it. They need it. We need it. It was nice to take a trip down memory lane yesterday at Bubba Gumpino, sitting in the COVID Cowboys chair, the Canadian Cowboy, because Diggs is the first one in the office to take his forced vacation that is being implied for everybody. Uh, Gumpy, did you guys watch that in Canada? You watch Happy Gilmore in Canada? Love Happy Gilmore, Pat. Oh. Absolute classic. Yeah, Just good. trying to fill the COVID Cowboys boots over here, per yeah, se. Yeah, well, the COVID Cowboys boots, you know, we do know they do not get on horses, but they do ride bets. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gumpy, do you have any soccer bets for the people today that we can potentially chat about? We got some Champions League action. What is that now? Champions League is what? So Champions League is basically the best teams in soccer from all over over the world play in a tournament. Oh, really? LA Galaxy? Ooh. Uh, MLS hasn't made it there yet. <laughs> oh, it's not all over the world. Oh, Everywhere but here. Come on. Okay. All right. Sevilla is playing Dortmund today. Who's Sevilla? Sevilla's from Sevilla's Italy. from Spain. Spain. Fuck. Dortmund from Germany. Germany <laughs> is a very good squad. Yeah. They've been struggling. They've only won two of seven. Sevilla's won nine straight. Ooh. You can get Sevilla on draw no bet right now at FanDuel at minus 120. What I love that, that bet. You pick them. If they win, you win. But if they tie, you get your money back. Oh, what? you, you kind of hope for that at a lot of like table games at casinos. Yeah. Vandal's got to be very stupid for doing that. That seems like a dumb decision because soccer loves tying. Isn't that what soccer loves oh, doing? Oh, yeah. it's all about. Loves tying. Draw like, City. Hey, go ahead, way to go. <laughs> way it's to a go. point. Point's a point. Wait, there was a show I watched. It was about soccer. About the like beginnings of soccer, almost hmm. the game. I was created by the yuppies, and then there was this like factory team that was created that had to travel on train to go play. Oh my god, I watched it this weekend. It was a good. Was it, it Aztecs kicking heads? No, no. Was it Big Green? <laughs> great, great, <laughs> great movie. Great movie. <laughs> by the way, that is not. I mean, what I just described, by the way, is not the Big Green at all. Right. No but trains. I do like that you saw yeah. a soccer movie and thought yeah. Big Green. Greatest no, this is like goalie a series. of all time. It's like a series over there in England. There was an Irish uh, man involved in it or whatever. But soccer is such an interesting thing because it is considered like, isn't it considered like the beautiful game and like respect and all that shit? And Absolutely. All that? So like tying is completely okay. That's why every time in football, when a tie happens, everybody's like, this ain't soccer or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now FanDuel's like, hey, the, it is soccer. And if you do tie, we don't love it either. Get your fucking money. So back. in the in the 90s, teams used to play for the tie so much that you used to only get two points for a win. That's why they changed it to three because too many people, it's only a difference of a point. Just play for the draw. Oh, because you get one point if you tie. Exactly. So they, they used to pack it in. Yeah. Oh. They run a 9 2. Mm-hmm. Park yeah. the bus. Park the bus. 8 2, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Was it called the English game? Maybe, yeah. That's the last Netflix doc about soccer. Is it a doc or a miniseries? There was actors. Netflix series, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was the one. What's it called? The English Game. Yeah, we watched it. Pretty good. Really? Yeah, pretty good. Good reviews. There's a like, good. 
There's What's a that? good one called The Damned United. Hold on, hold on. What were you going to say? Pretty good like The Young Rock. <laughs> oh, you shut uh, your mouth. Is that what you're saying? Shut your mouth. Pretty good. Oh, All right. All right. We opened it up. <laughs> so last night on NBC. <laughs> the greatest doc sitcom of all time okay <laughs> yeah zito at viva Lazito just chimed in there zito has been pumping this for two to three months at this point oh, yeah. oh, oh, years. When, years. when zito started maybe yeah maybe maybe even longer than that like maybe six months zito in the office one morning said uh da rock's got a doc coming out and i was like really let's go very excited about exactly. it very excited about it then everybody started doing their research and they're like there's no documentary on Rock coming out. And Zito goes, I just saw it. I just saw it. So then he looks it up. Young Rock is the thing. Yep. Zito starts creating what the sitcom's going to be before anybody knows what the sitcom's even going to be. Probably even before The Rock even knew what the Young Rock was going to be. I was an be. AP on the show. Zito was like, ah, it's going to be a story. Yeah. Like Zito did this whole thing. Then like two months ago, he's like, hey, it's, it has a launch date now. Then yesterday, he was like, hey, tonight's the night. Like very, mm -hmm. Zito has been counting down literally months to last night's Young Rock debut. Oh, yeah. on NBC, which was the beginning of two debuts. It was, or <laughs> premieres like a Young Rock and Keenan show. I didn't get a chance to stay through Keenan's show. Oh. I gave it a go. I like Keenan. I'm a big Keenan fan for mm -hmm. a long time. That show I don't think was meant for me. Young Rock, okay? Oh, yeah. You got, you got Dewey Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Dewey Johnson. Mm -hmm. You got wrestling. Andre the Giant's in there. No. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, his dad obviously is, is big. But you got... Ed Orgeron in there, Coach O was in there. The U was represented in there by like children. It looked like they had 12, 13 year olds in the locker in the weight room for the U or whatever. That was one sip. Uh, yeah, well, it looked like they had 12-year-olds around him, but like uh, the everything about it was basically like, okay, this is my like I'm gonna watch this. And I'll tell you what, interesting concept, okay? He yeah. turned like a documentary into like a sitcom with him narrating it via an interview that is happening in 2032 for when he inevitably runs for president. It was very interesting to watch, you know? Oh, yeah. As you're watching, you're like, Andre the Giant, this is awesome yeah. that Andre the mm -hmm. Giant knew The Rock as a child and they were having card games basically at his house and everything like that and they're good friends. And then it's like, okay, so he's literally known like the biggest superstars in on earth for his entire life and then him meeting waffle the crackhead in his oh, car yeah, sure. you know it was very thank you, know, you waffle it was it was literally because of an interview in which they asked him if he was still um relatable to people so he told his whole story and we got to learn a lot about the rock last night there was some criticism from some people really i will watch episode two though i just want to let everybody there was definitely criticism and i believe it opened itself up for some or some criticism. Sure. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch it next fucking week. I am. I just want to let everybody know that. Now, there's a guy in the back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which, Connor, I believe this is why you even brought this up, well, is to hear from this guy. I He's did want to hear what he had to say, Nick, actually. Nick yeah. has some thoughts on Young Rock. Nick, you are a big uh, sitcom guy. You love sitcoms. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a guy that loves wrestling, loves <laughs> loves The Rock, you know? You're I do love The Rock, Pat. Yeah. I do love The Rock. I read his autobiography when I was uh, a young man myself, and I was inspired by his story of sleeping on a mat trying to play for the CFL Hell with yeah. no money in his pocket, trying to make it big. Uh, that show sucked. That was the oh, worst television show I've ever wow, seen dude. in my life. <laughs> I hope The Rock slaps you right in the mouth. Right, right in the, the mouth. mouth. Right in the mouth. Yeah. I hope you get a smack right in the mouth. And I'll tell you what, Nick. You are in the minority when saying that. The Rock told us that this morning. Please play that video. Nobody thought what you thought. You yeah. were in. A, the Rock told us that this morning. Please, Foxy. All right, well, the East Coast um, premiere of Young Rock has, uh, has come and gone, and I want to say thank you guys so much. Um, 
I have been thunderstruck and Thank gobsmacked you. by your reactions. Um, I'm truly blown away. And oh, yeah. I recognize that this is once in a lifetime, once in a career, uh, to have created and delivered something to you guys that has been just so enormously and overwhelmingly embraced uh, and, and loved. See, and Nick. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Come for you, Nick. Thank you on behalf of, of Young Rock, the entire overwhelmingly embraced yeah. and loved. So what you're talking about does not reflect the views of your employer. Yep. I don't know which one of your, I know not Zito. Not mine. It's amazing not, he stays so humble, The yeah. Rock. Well, you see him, his hands crossed. Yeah, yeah. he's very humble. Oh. I mean, respect everything he's chest. done That kid ass like shut that. his mouth back there. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I would rather be smacked in the mouth by The Rock than be forced to watch more episodes. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> shut your mouth. I'm going to give it a try, but after watching that video, is The Rock a goober? What? What? Is he a clown? Don't start. What? Don't even Stop. Stop. Smack him in the mouth. This show cannot Please. become that. Okay, that's not I'm what this just, show... What you just said. That was some respect, dude. I hadn't seen that you video. That I haven't seen what you're saying. saying. You're but saying, from seeing that video... Oh, you're saying like, you oh, this guy I mean, self-serving. You just said No, this. no, not self-serving, but give me sure a massive like stack that. of pancakes and let me get a real thank you. Like, hey, this cheat day's for you guys, not... He's not oh. in cheat day mode. He's yeah. filming He's filming Jumanji 4 and cheat 5. Cheat days are on Sundays, He alluded to it last night in the show. He killed Ludacris. Ludacris gets tossed off a cliff. Jumanji 5. Oh. Hate to fucking break it to Let's you. Let's oh, see more. So he's using his show last night, young to rock. promote his other shows? Is what, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? The, the, yeah, the... Let's that was a commercial last night. <laughs> Let's stick with Titan Games. We don't need to shoehorn Kevin Hart jokes into the Young Rock series. We get it. You and Kevin are buddies, all right? Show me that more was, Andre the Giant. That was the first line. Show yeah. me more Iron <laughs> Sheik. Enough of the self-aggrandizing. <laughs> Show me more Coach O. I want more Coach O. Hey, we will. The internet buried Coach O. They buried Coach O. I mean, he made an appearance in there very quickly. I mean, he was in there. We got a meeting. Oh, great. And then he went out and did his thing. Or whatever. I mean, it was. I mean, spot on. Holy looks shit. just like him. Did they CGI him? That, that is. That's what he looks like. What was he, defensive line coach? I'll tell you, if Coach O had like a tucked in polo and his gut didn't touch his shirt at all, you know, like that's like success, I think, for a yeah. lot of people. Mm -hmm. You like, I mean, obviously it's not attainable for a lot of us, but you tuck in your shirt and there's extra off the, the shirt. I'm assuming Coach O. Big football guy. Okay, I think we've seen him. I think we know him at this point. There was never a moment he tucked in his shirt and that thing hung over. Okay, me neither, Coach. I just want to let you know. The 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 actors playing football players, like the actors that were playing the, his teammates in that weight room, yeah. that was another one where I was like, I don't know if the U's going to love how they're being represented. I don't know. Because like, I think his teammates were some of the most – like. The prime. Oh, yeah. Like, the legendary. <laughs> yeah. You got some real nerds in there. I'm lifted. <laughs> it was tough. But I liked it. I'm going to watch next week. Do not listen to what Nick said. Thank As you. we heard from The oh. Rock, it is overwhelmingly embraced and loved. The Rock told us that. I, I choose to believe it. It's the fact. wrestling stuff at the beginning was very good and interesting. I just don't think it's a fit for network TV. I think you could tell that story in a much better way with uh, without the constraints of being a network television show. So I said that... Um, I said that uh, him taking the documentary and, and kind of putting it in a sitcom fashion, pretty interesting. Like, I, I think it's an interesting. Has that happened before? A lot of people tell me, like, young, young, um, 
Young Sheldon? Sheldon? No, don't, don't drag him in there. <laughs> don't you dare. This is Same a first thing. down. <laughs> he was crushing on that nickel. By the way, Lex Lumpkin was uh, a part of something for Daytona. Ooh. Lex Lumpkin yeah, he was Daytona? He was part of the, a promotional package about racing. It was Tom Rinaldi did an entire like emotional piece. Lex Lumpkin was in there sprinting. Yeah, I was pumped How up. How did I oh. miss that? He won the race, the running race. Then they got on a bike. He lost the bike race. So shout out to Lex Lumpkin getting a dub and young Sheldon who crushed it on that Nickelodeon thing. Explain things. Has anybody ever done that before though? Chose to take their documentary and just make it a sitcom instead? I don't know. Jordan was thinking about it before they did the last dance. I, uh, think. I mean, I think Chris Rock. Yeah. So that's what people that, tell me. Yeah. Chris, Chris that, Rock was young like, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the only thing. I, but Is that, that was the like, same thing. That was not was really. That was just him growing up. Like yeah. I don't think it went through like multiple like, different. And then Bill Burr. Bill like Burr kind of did it with. Family, for, yeah. F is for family, or whatever. That's the only times I've ever seen it. But like, this is more like dead on. Like this is doc. like a documentary. Yeah. Like, sit down, interview, talk through, do the whole thing. You know, like I guess Eminem with um, Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Like, that's Richard kind of. Yeah. That was kind yeah. of. But that was a movie, though. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah those it, are the more traditional like adaptations. Like you take a based on a true great, story. Yeah. Word. <laughs> great word. Only good thing you said all day. <laughs> Man, sir, he just said. Uh, it's not a documentary, okay? It's a rockumentary. <laughs> just by the way, that was probably used in the pitch deck. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. Wow, that was being pitched to the NBC folks or whatever. Rock, everything it does is crushes. And by I, the way, the the international crowd hasn't even got a chance to see it yet. True. So Good I point. did not know we were going to lead off the show for the first 24 minutes. We got to get to a break, by the way. No, we should probably just have Darren Waller on now. I did not know we were going to do this with Young Rock, okay, <laughs> until you came in here and did this. Uh, I would like it to be known, though, in the office, the Young Rock conversation that took place before we got on air was pretty animated as well. Yeah. This has been something that has come into our office and potentially divided the troops a little bit. Zito and I can't wait for next week's can't episode. Wait. Cannot wait. Oh, yeah. Nick, though, is trying to lead the revolution here. Like, I was we so need, excited. You're like, that. we need not support this, basically. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did. Did. I will that continue kinda... to hate watch until the series is To give him a rating because you are a fan. You deserve your rock bottom. I love The Rock. That doesn't sound like it. You actually hate everything he's about. I love The Rock. I hate Young Rock. Well, you hate him. Okay. okay. I, I, okay. There was a couple Young Rock moments last time where I was like, I would not want to be friends what with he, When he flashed the eyebrow getting up off that weight bench, I liked that. Hell yeah. <laughs> when Z pitched it too, he said it was a documentary. It was right, it after, it was right after the last ride. It's a rocket With The Undertaker. So I, like, I had oh, a yeah. one of those. Oh, Jordan. Yeah, with the, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Here we go. The Rock. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> What it's I young say it is a doc. Ty Schmitz here. Zito, we've already heard from Hello. obviously the back. Hello. Joining us now is a man who was a pro bowler uh, this past season. 16 games, um, 1,196 yards, nine tutters Dang. for this guy. Hell of a player. Tight end for the Oakland Raiders. And also a rapper, by the way. Mm -hmm. We did not hear the last song that you were potentially recording while you were on the show with us. I don't think we've heard that yet. Hope to hear from that. So, ladies and gentlemen, Darren Waller. What's going on, man? What's up, hey, is that your logo up there on that hat? That is my logo. Ooh. <laughs> hey, that's a good logo right there. Appreciate it, man. We in the uh, studio? We got any more songs coming out? What do we got popping off on the off season here? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm recording pretty much every day right now. Uh, any bangers? I have an album coming out in uh, probably April. Just getting it mixed right now. Have any bangers? So, do we have any feel goods? Do we have any singles that we're going to put out? Do you already know about, or, or are we just kind of going to see what we uh, make for the next month or so? So, as far as a single, I have a, a song that's coming out with my podcast. 
uh, it's like a theme song for the uh, Comeback Stories podcast that's supposed to be coming out. And then Let's I'm going to release a single before the album drops as well. So you'll get two more songs before the album comes out. Okay, the Comeback Podcast, uh, is that already out there? I should have already listened to this, it, it sounds like, or are you debuting soon? Uh, we got two episodes out right now. Let's uh, go. Third ep- yeah, third episode's coming out uh, tomorrow, actually. Oh, hell yeah. So we're out on uh, all platforms right now. Congratulations, man. Not easy. Yeah. <laughs> There's people that need project managers and stuff to do all that. The fact you're able to just kind of make it happen in the offseason is unbelievable. Good for you. What were the, did we have guests? What was the conversation? Did we talk about the season? Talk about the story? What do we got? First two episodes and what's coming out tomorrow? So, yeah, the first episode was uh, my story. The second episode was my co-host, Donnie, uh, his comeback story. Okay. And then uh, we got Tyron Matthew as a guest. Let's we got Danica Patrick as a guest. We got Inky Johnson, George Mumford. Uh, we got a, we got a whole bunch of people coming, so it'll get, it'll be a lot of stuff people can learn from. Hey, congrats, Darren! Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you, man. Hell of a season. Made the Pro Bowl. Uh, now the conversation revolves around. What's going to happen with the Raiders going forward? Team was so good, then kind of at the end didn't make the playoffs in a tough division for the long haul. What do you think in football-wise for the offseason? How do you feel about everything going forward? Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I feel like we can only get better from here. Um, continue to improve on offense. Uh, continue to improve on defense everywhere, really. And uh, just you know, let guys know that it's all about the small details going forward because we got the right intentions. We got young talent. We got guys that can – you know, make stuff happen, but it's just about consistency from here going forward. That's separating us from where we want to be and those teams that uh, whose shoes that we want to be in come January and February. So uh, it's just continuing to develop, not settling for where we're at uh, in any way. Hey, knock on wood if you're with me. Hell yeah. Did you knock over there? Are you guys still doing that, by the way? Is that still happening? Yeah, we're still knocking. We're still knocking. I, I'd get caught. You know, I would just be, and I think that's probably why he does it. You know, if you're just going, oh, shit, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, I missed you there for a second. But your team, whenever you say it's about the little things and moving forward, do you mean like a day-to-day process, like that type of thing? And do you think maybe if a veteran, do you need a little bit more vets in there who have been there, done that? Or is that something you guys think you're learning as you go forward here and become a successful team? Uh, yeah, I think it's something that we got to keep learning. Um, it comes down to just at, what we're doing at practice. Uh, what we're doing when nobody's watching, what we're doing at home when we're uh, getting extra film work in. It's just those little things that, you know, we got a lot of young guys and they got to continue to buy into, you know, the part of the process that isn't sexy, that isn't, you know, the fun or the glamorous part. Uh, and that's what's going to, you know, when the lights come on, that's what's going to separate you. That's gonna what's going to have people want to watch you play. So just kind of getting that into guys' heads and uh, watching their performance take off from there. Did you think Derek Carr's leg got ripped off on that Thursday night game whenever it seemed like his groin or I don't know what happened to him. He ended up leaving and Marcus Mariota comes in. We automatically assume from watching he was that was potential season ender. Then he's back eight days later, I think, starting for your team. What was did you think? Is he just an incredibly tough dude? And did you think his leg potentially got ripped off in that moment? Did you not even see it? So I feel like I play football with horse blinders on. I did not notice that he was even out of the game until blinders. my my tight end coach was like, okay, Marcus is in, so we got to be ready for more this, this, and that. And I was like, Marcus is in? Why is Marcus in? And then they were like, yeah, Derek's growing. And I, I didn't even see the clip until the day after or like two days later. And then I was like, oh, okay, like that. it looks scary. I think you – is that – 
I think you, I think Marcus oh, yeah. gave you, I think it was, uh, I think you and Marcus had quite a connection, right? Yeah, uh, Marcus was throwing dimes, for sure. He's slinging that thing. <laughs> now the big yes. conversation is offseason, what are you guys going to do at quarterback? Marcus Mariota owed $10 million, maybe $20 million if he becomes a starter. Derek Carr conversation still happening as well. From what you've seen from Marcus, and I'm not talking about for the Raiders, I'm talking about for a team that would trade for Marcus, potentially that's the conversation right now that's way above you. I'm not asking if you think they should be traded or not, but I'm talking from what you saw in practice with Marcus Mariota and around the building, whenever he left Tennessee, See, nobody knew if he was going to succeed again or not after what happened with Tannehill, that whole situation. Then he gets in in that game, drops dimes. Behind the scenes, what was he like as a teammate, worker, and everything like that? Uh, he was a great guy. I loved uh, being around Marcus. Uh, he had great practice habits, was very competitive with the reps that he got in practice. And, you know, just seeing him after practice, he would be working on throwing that deep ball that he threw to me, throwing it into the net like 30 minutes after practice and getting extra throws in with the quarterback coach and receivers working on spot throws and, you know, just the way that he worked and the attitude that he brought every day, uh, just staying involved, not let, allowing his mind to drift. Uh, I was very impressed by that. When you see Gronk and Travis Kelsey have these record-breaking type both careers and seasons, is that something where you'll reach out to them and work with them? Is the tight end like a community? Is that Do you guys get together and like workshop and I, I would assume have a good time, run routes, this is how we're bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody? Do you guys do that in the offseason? Um, if there's a tight end community, I haven't uh, been invited yet. No! Oh, I know! Nah, I don't know. I don't know if that exists. Um, oh. I know uh, I've gotten uh, Tony Gonzalez's information. Um, you know, I've talked to Travis Kelsey after after games and, you know, been back and forth with George Kittle on Instagram a couple times. So those are guys that I know that, you know, if it came down to linking up or trying to get better, I feel like those would be guys that would help without question. But uh, I feel like we do got to get a tight end summit going maybe one day. Well, what about National Tight Ends Day? I mean, I got the shirt. What oh, about yeah, that's right. Block, release, catch, spike or something. Yeah. I forget what the shirt said. Like Did you get one of those shirts for National Tight End Day, or was that only for the uh, tight end community? They they, they passed them out. Okay, good. Phew. Right, that's nice. Good. Phew. I was getting worried, you know, what if because what if there's like a young old riff yeah. in the tight end division? You know, that's not good. That's that's. Not, well, do you watch any of their film or see anything that they do, or do you study Gonzalez's film or anything like what? Do, or do you just work on yourself, or do you do you kind of see what else you could potentially do from other guys? Uh, you know, like toolbox or whatever. No, nah, yeah, I watch uh, film with other guys all the time, uh, especially like Mondays and Tuesdays after games. I'll watch tight ends one day. I got you know Kelsey Kittle. Uh, my boy Mark Andrews, um, and then like old tight ends like Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, Tony Gonzalez. And then I like watching big receivers as well, like Julio, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, guys like that. What is something that you've like watched from that film that you've learned? Is it body position or anything? Like what is something you've picked up? You're like, oh, I should try that, but in my own way. Um, so from Travis Kelsey, uh, I feel like, you know, with me, my one of my main weapons is speed. And but with watching Travis, I don't always have to win with speed. Like he's really great with like using his head and eyes to sell like he's going one way or the other or and his first move like after the catch. So it's like not necessarily the speed all the way through the route, but it's the speed at the top of the route and then like making that first move after the catch so I can play at different speeds. I don't have to always go a hundred miles per hour. So that's what I take from from him. And then just guys like Julio and DK Metcalf just seeing how they're big guys and how they come out of breaks so fast like 
they're like slot receivers. So I just try to take their footwork and things from them and just keep adding it to my game. That's what I did. I, I watched Shane Leckler's film and I was like, I'm going to play at a different speed than Shane. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was, Shane's going to hear that, by the way. He's going, fuck you. You ain't got no speed. <laughs> what do you got, Connor? Yeah, Darren, there seems to be a lot of really uh, top-tier free agents this year. Will you try and recruit anybody to Vegas, or will you just let Gruden deal with that? Or let Vegas do the recruiting itself. Ooh. Um, I mean, I would get involved. I would not mind uh, doing that at all. Uh, I feel like if it helps the team, then I would love to you know, welcome those guys in. They're, if they're expecting a wild night, they're not going to get that from me. They'll get maybe a meal a cigar and uh, <laughs> you know it'll be a it'll be a pretty early night if they're hanging with me but yeah. you know I'm all in to help this team get better I think everybody knows uh your story now about how you know sobriety and everything like that unbelievable in Vegas with the amount of success you've had you're going to be an inspiration to a lot of people without even realizing it so I don't think anybody would be expecting you to take them out to the strip but hey get me in the stew dude get me in yeah. the stew uh, where do you record that yeah, right here yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. The mic right there. What's that up there? What's that? Uh, the Vision twenty twenty. Okay, here we go. You got that's like your. Is that where you do the podcast, or is that just motivation for whenever you uh, are making a song? Oh yeah, that's just artwork on the wall. That's just motivation for the day. You know what I'm saying? We got the four agreements right here as well. Okay, we just got that? good. We just got good information up on the walls. Yeah, good vibes in there. Whenever you get going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, full album. That's is that. How much work will that – do you already have that finished? How long that take for you to write? Will you be able to write another one? Or is this all of your creative juices being put into one album here? Um, these songs probably span – some of them are maybe almost two years old. Uh, but some of them were recorded uh, a week ago. So I'm going to have like 15 songs on there probably. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, I got – Any features? It just, it Any features? Through. Any features on there? Um, no, no features that y'all recognize. These are guys that are, you know, oh. from where I'm from. And I do have an artist from Vegas that's going to be on there as well. Ooh. Smart. Who's that? A DJ? You got a, you got a DJ from Vegas out there? They're, Pauly they're, D. Pauly D. Pauly yeah. D? You got Pauly D on there? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no Pauly D, man. You got Pauly D. You that's, don't have Pauly D. That's not the vibe. <laughs> Pauly D did not deserve that. All right. I just want to let you know, Darren. That, what is your rap name, by the way? Uh, it's D Wall, but I think I'm just gonna go back to Darren Waller as my artist name. That feels like the right move, nice. by the way, because yeah. you know it's. I mean, it's getting marketed by the NFL. You know what I mean? You should probably go ahead and utilize that marketing and just go ahead and go ahead and do it. I'm excited for Darren Waller's album, by oh, the way. Yeah. What do you got, Ty? Uh, Pat, Darren, or excuse me, Darren, <laughs> Pat kind of touched on it earlier uh, with like your story and everything. Obviously, things are a little bit different right now with COVID, but will you stay in Vegas in the off season? You think, or is it easier just to kind of? get away and remove yourself from that uh so yeah i'm in vegas mostly i'll be going back to georgia a couple times in march and april for training back there just because that's where i've always spent my off seasons and i always get better uh training there so i'm gonna spend some time there but i'll be in vegas mostly you're from georgia yeah i grew up in uh suburban atlanta like like 30 minutes north of the city you got you got bubba sparks on uh, on the album <laughs> Nah, Bubba Sparks ain't on the album. 
God. No Lil John and the East Side Boys. No. No Yin Yang Twins. No. Let me listen. Let me listen. Atlanta took over there for a while. Atlanta took over oh, yeah. the music for a long time. Long Facts. time. I mean, it came in and just took over every. Lil John's performed what last year? We saw him at the Super Bowl performance. Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. Lil John's still performing out there. Who's who are some of the artists that we don't know about that's going to be in there? Oh, wait, what was that dude's name from Virginia? Uh, King Cots. Yeah, King Cots. Hey, King Cots might be looking for a feature. He's from Virginia, but he's kind of coming up in the game as well. Word. Um, I got an artist from where I'm from. His name is Brandon Isaiah. Uh, Great name as well. Uh, But I got one of my teammates on a song who I'm not going to reveal yet. I don't know if I have his permission to reveal that. Derek Carr? What? (laughs) Is Derek Carr? Nah, not Derek Carr. (laughs) Marcus Mariota? What? Gruden? No quarterbacks. All right. Josh Jacobs. It's going to be someone that you would least expect. That's what I'm going to say. Aguilar? Mike Mayock? Who's the punter? <laughs> Who's the punter over there? AJ Cole? Adam Cole? Is that the punter? Who's your punter? AJ Cole? That's a good guess, but it's not going to be him. Ooh. Hey, by the way, you get AJ Cole in the track. <laughs> I will lose my mind. When are you recording the podcast? You're recording them just weekly, pre-recorded, and then letting them out? How's that whole thing? Are you Are you doing that yourself? Or are you doing it with a company? How's that all? How have you gotten involved in this whole thing? So we uh, we recorded like ten. We got like ten to tuck right now. Uh, we're going to be recording one this afternoon as well. But we've just been using uh, an app called Squadcast on uh, Google Chrome, nice. and it just gets good audio. It's kind of like a Zoom room, basically. But um, I also went to Arizona last week where Donnie lives, and we knocked out like five episodes together just so we could flow in the same room. So it's, it's been a dope process. Any hobbies other than rapping and podcasting? Do you, or do you golf? Do you do anything like that? I'm terrible at golf. Me too. Uh, I like playing some basketball every now and then. Uh, reading. Ah, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. <laughs> you got a good jumper Smoking or no? cigars. You got a good jumper or no? Uh, no. Not when, I'm, not when I play like a year in between. My jumper's not very consistent. So you'll go to LA Fitness and you'll just dunk on all the little white dudes running around? <laughs> yeah, get every rebound, dunk on everyone, <laughs> get the passing lanes, catch oops, you know. Oh. <laughs> uh, Darren, we appreciate you stopping by, man. Uh, the Comeback, is that the name of the podcast? Uh, it's called Comeback Stories. Comeback Stories. You have 10 in the tank? What are we, We're just waiting to put them out, or is it once a week, twice a week? Yeah, we're just going once a week right now. All right. I'd like to binge through them, but I guess I'll just have to wait. You know what I mean? Did you watch Young Rock last night? I don't know who Young Rock is. All right. Oh, come <laughs> on, Darren Waller. Hey, you're going to regret that, I think. You're going to regret that. that. You might have to have another comeback story about that one. Yeah. You don't know who Dewey Johnson is. Come on. Well, he probably knows who The Rock is. He doesn't know, you know, what this Mickey Mouse, The Young Rock no. is. Oh, Come on, dude. How dare you? Dude. You cannot. By the way, listen, I understand you did that one time. Oh, I got a pop out of it. <laughs> we cannot be burying The Rock for the entire show today. You hear me? I, I won't be. I'm just from what Nick says. I trust Nick's judgment on oh. TV shows. From what he says, I believe. Well, well you didn't even around, watch it. I wouldn't lie. Hell no. Nick sent me a text immediately following <laughs> the credits last night what were your thoughts he says to me okay and i responded with you know my thoughts worst television show i've ever seen <laughs> mm. that son of a 
Tainted it, huh? You don't. It's just so cheesy and just so corny. It's like, come on, rip those chains off. Go to HB. Say, no. Three to 14 and older. Pulse was in there. He's where Rock was asking. I think that's yeah. the next up. Let's go. It seemed to be. He opens it. Ah. That's camera. good. I'm sold. You just told me. Thank you. That was it. I'll be calling in from an undisclosed location tomorrow for the first hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I, I booked a guest myself for tomorrow. Uh. And I forgot I probably wasn't going to be on the show. So now since I booked said person myself, I kind of have to be here for it. Sure. But I'm excited to have the conversation. Yeah. Hell yeah. Guess what it's about? What? Dayton. Oh. <laughs> Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Okay. Uh -uh. You're before the time you get to the the shortstop. It's already happened. Good. All right. That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll, it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all Ooh. and then you just have time of your life yeah get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee jesus that's get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee no mm -hmm. spaces uh and you can get your first month of swipes for just five dollars when you choose a monthly plan all right shout out to roman shout out to you shout out to get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee <laughs> ladies and gentlemen joining us now i had to get it out uh, had to write it down here. Had to have stats down. Okay. Two time, two time Super Bowl champ. Six time Pro Bowler. What? Two time All Pro. NFL rushing yards leader and champion in 2013. He has currently 15,000 yards from scrimmage as an NFL vet. 12 year NFL veteran, ladies and gentlemen, out of the University of Pittsburgh, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah! going on dude what's up happy to be on man what's going on hey it is great to have you on am i allowed to call you shady do it, it who all gets to call you shady or is it Lashawn? how should we all uh, take this conversation going forward there's, there's no limit i've been in the grocery store with old ladies calling me shady so <laughs> to kids call me what you want to call me okay shady let's talk about it you're two-time two-time super bowl wait wait, 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 wait wait real quick yeah i see the west virginia jersey in the back yeah 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 you know we got some beef. Yeah. Man, you used to fucking come out and dominate, too. Whenever you showed up in the Big East, it was the whole conversation. The first year you were playing there, the, I heard. I remember the team talking, that guy wants to fumble the ball. He's going to run like that. You punch the ball out of his fucking hands if he wants to run the ball like that. Then you had a great year, great game. Then the next year, he's like, he's still carrying the ball out there like that. Punch the ball out. Never could do it. And then you get into the NFL, everybody's like, he's going to have to change the way he carries the ball. That's going to happen. And here we are 12 years later, and people are like, if you're not shady, yeah. carry the ball like this. Like, you completely have changed the game, which is pretty awesome, this whole thing. That's kind of cool because, like, uh, when I was a rookie, 
the coaches would be on me like, hey, protect the ball. And Andy Reid, he would like tell the coaches like, like ease up, let them play. And he would tell me, hey, if you fumble, you got to change. If you don't, <laughs> play your game. So Yeah, it's be who you can afford to be. That's, that's literally the entire thing. And you became like an outlier, became the superstar. Your career, obviously, Andy Reid in Philly. Chip comes in. Whatever happens. That was like your hometown team, though, right? That Philadelphia, that was like kind of the team you wanted to play for all along? Yeah, because I'm from Harrisburg. That's about an hour away. So that was like my hometown team. And then when I got there with Coach Reid, I mean, it was perfect. The offense, the players, we had, like, McNabb and Donovan. Um, we had Westbrook and Vic, all them guys. So the team was nice. Um, and then Chip came, and he did what Chip did. We won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you guys were getting piss tested every morning. Every morning I heard you guys had to pee into a cup to check that hydration. Look, piss, right, for hydration. And this guy would um, he would try to track our sleep. So they have, like, these bands that we had to sleep in. We put it on at like eight o'clock, you know what I'm saying? And then he would check, hey, he would come up to you. So um, you got three hours of sleep last night, four hours of sleep last night. Did you go out? You know what I mean? And you got like the older guys, like 10-year vets, nine-year vets. The rookies were so scared. I'm like, coach, you got to let the young dudes be young dudes. They come from college. They're 21 years old. They, they might want to step out. They don't have no kids. You know, let them, let them have a good time. So Chip joined the long list of college coaches that couldn't make it in the NFL because in college, you're a dictator. You control every minute of the player's life. You're the gatekeeper as well. Like, hey, if you don't want to do what we got to do, we can pull your scholarship. You're out of here. You want to make it to the NFL, you got to play by these rules. Then when you get to the NFL, it's like grown. Hey, these are grown men here making more money than you, some guys. They've uh, they've been around football long as well. They have football IQ. Yeah, you were making more money than them. But their football IQ... And that is the interesting thing. I never got a chance to experience the college coach coming into the NFL. You did. It obviously did not go well. You end up in Buffalo, and everybody didn't know what was going to happen with you in Buffalo, and then you just turned it up even more. It's one of those yeah. things where your career has been so interesting to watch because 15,000 yards from scrimmage is Hall of Fame numbers, Shady. That's Hall of Fame type shit. Then you get these two rings at the end, and people that don't like you are going to say, well, he didn't gain a yard or anything, but your presence for the team obviously helps this whole thing out. When you look back at your career, I'm not saying you're done, but the incredible run it's been, how do you view it? What were your, What is your biggest takeaway from your career if you had to kind of put it into an explanation or a description? Uh, I mean, that's been a, it's been a great ride. Um, as I as I sit down and um, I view my plans for the future, if I stay here, if I go to a different team, um, if I retire, you know, I think it's a great run. I've been I've been truly blessed. Um, you know, to, to get into the league, man, as a second rounder, um, they always said I was too small or I wasn't strong enough. You know, and I did very very well with the Eagles. Then I go to Buffalo. They talked about, well, you know, he's not a bruiser. <clears throat> You know, and this and that, would he fit there? And I did well there. Um, you know, and then I, these last two years, um, maybe not the, the the numbers that I'm used to having, you know, but the success part of winning. And I've always been like the guy, man. i always been like the, the main key to a team, but I never won anything, you know. And I'm so grateful and I'm blessed because I got a lot of numbers, like you said, but it was missing the wins, you know. And I know a lot of great players who played this game to have it won. Um, you know, so I look at like I did all this hard work in the beginning, in the middle of my career to the, get the great prize at the end. 
And I'm truly thankful for it, the opportunity and also just the, the championship and the experience. Let's talk about the last two years. You go into the Chiefs, obviously, I don't think any of us knew what was going to happen with that Chiefs team until I knew there was a lot. We all knew there was a lot of promise, obviously, a lot of weapons on that team. But until really that playoff run when the Chiefs, you guys decided just to turn it on and just start beating the shit out of people. If you were down 20, it didn't matter. You win a Super Bowl, obviously, over the Niners. Then you go to the Bucks. In the Bucks, it seems like is a much different. Are they similar? The the vibes of the team, Andy Reid, BA, the the whole squad, because loaded teams, a lot of yeah. talent on the teams, a lot of personalities. I'd assume a lot of potential egos. Were they similar vibes? How was it if you had to compare the two? So, like, even comparing my time, I think in um, Kansas, City, Kansas City, and also in Tampa. I mean, I go to Kansas City. I had to fight to become the starter. Um, and then I got banged up, and then uh, Darren Williams took off, and they rolled with him. Um, and then getting here, kind of, I was gonna be the number two guy, you know. And then we signed Leonard Fournette, young guy that's um, has a bright future, so it kind of knocked me back again. And then you just look at the team, like uh, Kansas City, tons of talent, um, you know, with, with great coaching. I think with Andrew and his and his staff. Um, and the good thing about them type of teams, we're, we're similar at. You check your ego at the door. Yeah. I think. When you look at like, like just guys like Mike Evans is a super player. You know, you're Chris and AB and Gronk and you know, and obviously Brady. And it's like, if some of them guys don't play, we still have a good chance to win. You look at Kansas City, when if Kelsey or Mahomes, there's games where Mahomes didn't play and we still won. And he's like, you know, the main focal point of the offense and the team. Um, and then over there, it's like you have to check your ego at the door because you got the Kelsey and you got uh, you got the Cheetah. You know, all the other players. You know, so I think when you have a team like that, we feed off each other as far as this. Let's just win. Okay, you got 200 yards this game. I have 10 yards, and then it might switch. You know, we just want to win the game because we, everybody, I feel like with them teams, when I played on, it's like they want the legacy part. You know what I'm saying? We want to be remembered as one of the best teams to get a Super Bowl. And we have teams like that that's well coached with good leadership. It makes it easier. It really does. Shady, I, I would assume that a lot of people who maybe didn't know you as a person, maybe a teammate of yours or a friend of yours, would have thought that it might have been difficult for you not to be the guy at a place. How did you embrace – because you talked about how you were normally being the focal point, but you didn't have, yeah. obviously, the Super Bowl or anything like that. How did you embrace becoming that OG almost, like uh, in the room, uh, kind of like off the field helping? Because AQ, Shipley, good friend of ours, was down there with you. He was talking about how, like, oh, Pat, this guy is awesome in the locker room, like incredible talent, yeah. obviously. 15,000 yards could still play if he has to. But he said at what you added to the locker room into that thing was a big deal. Was that something you always were? Or did you have to embrace that role a little bit more as you saw, like, maybe playing time go down a little bit for whatever reason? I think Kansas City really helped me out because um, I came there. I had to earn my spot, right? Um, and then once I was a starter, I, I felt like I did pretty good. I was like over four point seven to carry. You know, is that good? good? Is that good? Is that good? <laughs> and, and, and we really didn't. Uh, we didn't really throw the ball. I mean, we didn't. I'm sorry, we didn't run the ball really. You know, and there's times where I might speak up, like, "Hey, man, let's you know, let's run the ball." And Coach Reed looked at me like, "Hey, this ain't the same thing that we used to do." <laughs> you know, number number fifteen runs the show here. You know what I mean? So that was like more like um, a reality shot. Like he's right. You know, and at the age I'm in, like my eleventh season, it was like it's different. Um, and then it's like the guys I'm playing with, those are my boys, you know? So like, I might be upset that I'm not playing or, or as much as I was, you go from starting to not starting, but these guys, I'm still respected. 
you know, uh, and, and they look forward to getting some input, helping them out. And I want to win, so why not? And then I got here um, with the young guys we had with Rojo um, and then Leonard, guys with a lot of talent. Uh, things that I've been, I've been there, I've done it. There's plays that they might have missed or didn't see. I've been in them shoes, so I could tell them about it. And they want to know. Um, and then sometimes it's players, especially guys that have like a good resume, you don't ever see how people view you until you get around them and they ask you so many questions. You know, and it's like, why would I be a bitter older vet not to help the young guys out? You know what I mean? That, that doesn't even make sense. Where I'm from, they call that a hater. And I never want to be that. <laughs> I always want to help the dudes out. Well, that's a that's an interesting thing because like, and I'm going to, it's not anywhere near a similar situation, but warming up, kickers and punters always talk to the other kickers and punters, okay? So the other kickers and punters would always come talk to Adam Vinatieri, and I was just standing there, right? I was literally just fucking standing there. I was like, all right, I'm done with this fist bump. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Then as I got older, okay, a lot of the younger kickers and punters, they were coming to talk to me instead of Vinatieri, and I was like, oh, am I becoming like potentially – you know what I mean? Like the guy or whatever here, not that Vinatieri, I'm ever going to surpass Vinatieri, but people that went through high school and college and I was in the, that's like you, 12 years in this thing. The name Shady McCoy is an OG name in the running back room. I bet you that felt pretty good whenever people were like, hey, I like Frank, Leonard Fournette probably said, man, I used to watch you whenever I was at LSU. I used to watch you whenever I was doing it. That has to feel pretty, now you probably feel old as shit, but it also has yeah. to feel like pretty good to kind of recognize and hear that. I'll I tell you what. The truth, God honest truth. When we play other teams, I always tell like the young dudes in the room, watch how many people come up to me, like in the warmups. I remember like like Rojo was telling me how like he had highlights of me in high school to watch highlights because I used to do the same thing with other players. Um, you know, they tell me in high school they, they used to play with me on the video game. <laughs> um, um, McCaffrey, I remember when I met him, the first thing he said to me is like, "Yo, you know, come into the league and college. I always look at your highlights, you know." I, I make a minute my game after you, man. Um, hey, you that's know, awesome. Like early, I can name. I can name. You know, oh, sorry, my phone. Yeah, up. they don't. They don't. Yeah, you know, they don't set up their phones like you, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that is that's a cool thing because I remember when I was a rookie. Um, I remember watching. Um, I remember preseason game. Um, we played against Tom Brady. I tell him the story. Right, he runs across the field. I'm 20 years old. I came in the league really young. I'm like, yo, oh shit, this Tom Brady. <laughs> and, and he didn't and he didn't know me. He ran right past. And I and that was like a wake up call. And I was telling myself, like, I want to be a player where when people warm up, where they come out, they say, Oh, there's Shady McCoy. That was something that would drive me and motivate me. Twelve years a long time of running. And then, back. And look, and then when I tell Brady that, because Brady's like a, he's a great dude. He's, he's real loving. He's like, Are you serious, bud? I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 12 years no. ago yeah man you fucked me over a little bit you didn't even say hello tom that's kind of fucked up i accept your apology but it's a little late in this entire thing um playing with tom getting to learn about tom you just said he's a good guy what did you what did you learn about him maybe as a football player that you wish you could have potentially saw him whenever you were that 20 year old guy was there anything that you kind of watched him do that you were like that is something i should have or a wish i would have potentially had in my arsenal whenever i was preparing or whatever when you were younger or anything any big takeaways from watching him work because you're a Hall of Famer on your fucking own self, by the way. You, your numbers are a Hall of Fame conversation. So I don't want it to sound like, hey, when you look at Tom, what, what is there anything? Nah, you, what, but it's, it's like that, though. He's the only player I've, he's the only player that I've ever been around that when he speaks, when he talks, I believe him. He could tell me, Shady, go walk on that water. 
you won't drown. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he has that type of um thing about him, man. Like, like, and I think that the way he works, I wish when I was younger, um, I wish I worked as hard as he does. We just won a Super Bowl and he's back training, doing little things. The way he prepares, I watched how as we got closer to the the championship game, just God, we have about eight, nine, maybe ten um players in a group chat. Like all the skilled guys. All the guys those active to play. And he's like, he's going to details, right? About every player we're going against. And he's like, um, like a voiceover. So it's a video plan. It's only him. He got the candles lit. <laughs> he's like, this DB, he likes to press, likes to hold, doesn't have good speed. He just, you know, everybody. And I'm like, yo, this guy is so dialed in. He's 43. Yeah, he's dialed in, yo. He can play another five years. Just because not only just the talent or the big arm and all that, it's just like he he gets it. He gets it. And his wife wasn't at his house for, what, 12 days or whatever. He was literally in the living room there with his dog, just like, all right, let's put the film on. (laughs) Who else needs to see this? Every fucking skill player. Let me go ahead and just let – this is what we're talking about here. That's Is that why you think everywhere he goes he wins is because of that extra leadership ability and, like, that cerebral ability that he has? Because everybody talks about, hey, is he the most talented guy of all – that's always, like, the conversation happens. He don't need to be. You get Tom Brady in your building, everybody gets better, huh? Listen, real talk. When we, I played in Buffalo, and I would play this dude every year, twice a year. I say, yo, when, when Brady leaves the Patriots, they will not be as good. Everybody talks about this Belichick, and I, I, I respect Belichick. And that's, you we know, all do. He's a great we coach. Do. We all do. But let's 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 come on. Let's stop that. When he leaves that team, they will not be the same. The guy is different. You feed off him. His energy. His like the regular season, he was so serious, and then the playoffs. It was enough. It was like the Terminator. He was even more serious. And then the championship, we he was even more serious. Like even the coaches have to be on their A game because the dude demands so much respect. Um, and when he's there, it's like the the championship um, 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 habits pick up. The championship DNA picks up. And I think when you have a guy like that, you have a chance to win. You know, and I and I love you know Belichick, but. They're not the same team without 12 over there. Yeah, you need to have that in the locker room for everybody else to buy in. The coach can only coach what he has, and in the locker room, if they buy in, you can coach a lot easier, and it's a lot easier for a locker room to buy in when your best player is the most bought into being a great football player, being a great pro all the time. But I think they needed each other, but we'll see how this thing is going forward. Are you a free agent this year? Are you a free agent right now? You're really going. I am, I am. So while you're on the eight, hey, while you're on that boat, you know, you're like standing on the boat doing whatever you got to yeah. do you know like it's oakland back in the day the uh or the south side back in the day i don't know where you hung out at while you were at Pitt, but or was it station square that was back when station square was popping oh, off so you know you know a little bit about that thing over there i see i see where you go with this oh hey hey i've invested in some of those bars there in the off season in pittsburgh <laughs> i've had a good time but when you're on that that boat celebrating during that boat parade which every player in the nfl that has ever played and is currently playing was watching on the internet with in incredible FOMO like oh my god that looks like an incredible time down there you know Lombardi's are getting tossed Karen uh, trophy makers are getting pissed I mean there's just if there's cops escorting drunk boats and, down. and, and imagine imagine stuff that they didn't see okay exactly all right the after two there's probably some good times but while you're doing that I assume at some point a conversation had to happen with yourself or with whoever was around you about what what goes on going forward or, like I would assume while you're standing on top of that boat with your second straight Lombardi you're like man this is a high 
I, this is a hell of a moment here. What do I do going forward? Did that ever happen? Like your future ever get thought about during that boat parade or is that for the day after when you're incredibly hungover as an old ass man now? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'll talk to my agent about it. Uh, And I don't think about it much. Like even last year, I was thinking about calling it quits. I got some good numbers. I got a Super Bowl. I got a family. You know, I'm like top three, top four in contracts, running backs. I'm good. And then I think about just winning the Super Bowl, that run, how it felt. And then as I contemplated retiring, the bus kind of called. Because I had other teams call. I'm like, I don't want to play for them. I can't go from <laughs> Super Bowl to that. And then the bus called. I'm like, hold up, hold up. Let's think about this. <laughs> right? And then I, then I made the decision. So even now, um, I talked to BA a little bit. You know, I'll probably reach out to him. Uh, he told me to take some time and, and figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then it depends, man. It depends what the teams are. I've had some guys come at me that's – like some players may play just for stats or, or money. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be a chance to, to compete and win. Because when you touch that high like that, you don't want to touch nothing else. You know, so but if the, chance, if, if the opportunity presents itself, I will sure take it. But if not, I'll probably just – I might join you in your show, man. You, oh, you have ooh, hey. Man, here we go. McCoy Mondays would be fantastic, dude. That would, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Where do you live? Where do you retire? You in Florida? Where? Where? Uh, well, I still got my my place in Philly, and then I got a spot in Miami. Um, so I only have no home. Home. I was thinking about when I retired, build that one house. Yeah. Where I just sit at home all day. Yeah. Golf simulator in there, good bar, you know, good the, the whole thing. Gotta have a good bar. Gotta have a hey, good setup. You know what I mean? And I, you know, and I just, I just. My players, my young guys, they had me smoking cigars. I smoked my first cigar in 30, what, 32 years. You're going to start doing that a lot, I think. I think that's kind of how that goes. I think you do it. I like I liked it, though. I never smoked before, so I liked that, though. It wasn't bad. Smoke, never smoked anything or cigars? I never smoked anything. How's that happen? How, how does that happen, Shady? How, how, how do we sneak through life doing that? Uh, maybe because all my friends that, that smoke little weed. They would be like stuck all day and laughing about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show, by the way. If you're going to join this show, I think you're going to be with a bunch of people that are stuck all the time. It seems like that. We do that. So we do that three hours a day, every day, Shady. What do you got, Connor? Uh, yeah, LaShawn, uh, we didn't hear much from the running back boat aside from Lombardi Lenny's tweets. Did anybody drop a phone? Uh, did, yeah. did anything good happen? Did you guys get the Lombardi or was it just partying all day? And whose boat was it? Oh, everybody had boats. And then when you, I learned when you win, you get everything for free. So people was just getting our boats. Hey, get on our boat. You can take it for the whole five hours. <laughs> so we were, I mean, everybody was having a good time drinking. Um, I'm sure guys lost their phones. JPP and Lenny, they go at it. I know you've seen the tweets. They go at it all day with jokes, you know. So, but it was, a, it was a blast, yo. It really was. What was it compares to the, Kansas City one now. Two very different situations. The Kansas City one had a high-speed chase with actual cops and actual criminals to start that whole thing off. And then it seemed like the bus with the city came out in Kansas City because loyal fan base. Those are those seemed like two very different operations there. The boat party seemed like you guys were with yourselves mostly. The the city one felt like it was the entire city. Did I get a misread on that or no? No, no you're actually right. You're correct. I think due to COVID, you know, they kind of wanted to separate um, the players, the families from like the people, the public were switched over because we wasn't in COVID um, protocol over there. But also, I think the, the players are Pretty different. Apparent. Like, even though that the guys in Kansas City are younger, 
the guys over here, like we, I don't know, the older guys, they kind of party more. <laughs> it's it's weird to explain. And then and then Andy Reid is like, um, because him and B are really similar, but Andy Reid is more like uh, hamburger. Yeah, like like him, like for example, uh, Tammy, his wife, who's excellent. He'll get a burger and, and hang out with her. That's a great time for him. Where right. B.A. B.A. might crack him back. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot or two, you know? B.A. was on B.A. He'll have, his, he'll have his kango to the side. <laughs> his, mask, you know? his mask down here, cutting right, a promo right, into the right. mic. Yeah, yeah. B.A. is an he awesome. Might, he might pull up in a drop-top Mercedes, so it's different. <laughs> Driving himself. Andy Reid might have a drop. You know, so it's just a little different. Yeah, B.A., uh, the first time he came on our show, in the middle of it, we heard a drink being made, and it sounded like he was actually making the drink into the microphone. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was he put the phone down and he was pouring it next yeah. to it. And I go, B.A., what the hell's going on? There? He goes, oh, just my vitamins. And he like <laughs> shook it or whatever, and he like did an entire thing. He is legendary human being. I'm happy he got a Super Bowl as a head coach, by the mm-hmm. way. That was a big oh. moment. When they were showing the clips of him celebrating with all his coaching staff that he's been around since the 80s in Temple or whatever, and that's his first one as a head coach, I mean, what a moment. That I love that. I don't think I've ever met somebody that played for a team that Bruce Arians coach that didn't love Bruce Arians, by the way. Nah, I love B.A., and he's he's real. Like, he'll mother after and then hug you two minutes later. I'm like, this guy just, he's a real guy. He's a real dude. He's actually from my hometown. I'm from Harrisburg. He's from York. That's probably like 30, 30 minutes or so. Um, and everything I heard about him before I even met him was all good things. He's a hell of a coach, man. He's smart. He's very intelligent. And he'll have a good time. So that's a great mixture. Yeah, those are the good people to hang out with. Ty, what do you have? Speaking of former coaches, LaShawn, I'm curious. What was your uh, relationship with Rex Ryan like? Because it seemed like when you went oh, to the Bills. Rex. Yeah, it, it seemed like, I don't know, like the media kind of was setting it up that you guys would butt heads and wouldn't get along. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that. Um, man, Rex was excellent. Ty, what are you, Ty, you trying to stir some Whoa. shit? Right? No, no, no. I've only had one coach. It was like seven years ago. I, 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 I remember was, seeing you know, him. and I, that was that was weird. But other than that, man, Rex was perfect. We had a great relationship. You know, Rex is type of coach where we'll have a hard practice, right? And then you know the players go in the hot tub, and you'll see Rex in the hot tub right with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm hey, Shady, how's it going? You know, so. Man, Rex had a great relationship. We still text here and there. Um, I think Rex is a great coach. If he has like a um, a group of guys as veterans, it's older because he gives players a space. You know, uh, I love Rex. How about him Bill? and his brother? How, oh, we, we've had them both on electric. I mean, I've been around Rex. Right, like, electric. Electric. <laughs> I mean, just all day, every day. Uh, we're talking we, to. I, I, I had a thing with his brother one time. He's with the uh, Saints, and we're playing or Dallas. I was with the Eagles. And I, I'm looking across the field. It's like the national anthem. I'm looking across the field, and I see like this the coach like like giving me the finger, like and they're pointing at me. I'm like, so I'm looking around, like like me. He like, yeah, you. <laughs> so when I see him, I say, yo, what was that about? He said, hey, I was fired up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because what if you were a guy who that national anthem moment? You were like a prayer guy, you know? Like what if you were like a guy? Because there are those guys that are like that moment is like a super. They're all, I cry, you know, you've seen guys potentially oh, cry yeah. or have those yeah, moments. Cry, right. Yeah, there's now there's some people that are pretty loose during the national anthem, judging the singer. There's many different ways to do judging the national anthem. The yeah, there's many different ways to do the national anthem. The fact that Rob Ryan is just standing right across like <laughs> they fuck you. That is just that's maybe my favorite thing I've heard about the national anthem thus far. I mean, it was it was like it was kind of like going off. 
You know what I'm saying? So oh, as like it's going off, everybody's walking around. He just staring at me like, give me the finger, like you. I'm like, who's this guy talking to? So, <laughs> but if do? you know him, that sounds just like if you know him. How'd you do? Did you do pretty good that game? Or I, was, did... um, I always did good against Dallas. I did good against them. <laughs> hey, you're the Eagles. You're you know probably childhood team or whatever. Place is on fire yeah. right now, dude. That place is on fire over there right now. I know. It's on fire. And it was just good, what, two, three years ago. It was just like lit. It was just the place to be. Statues were getting built. People were eating horse shit during parades. That was just a couple years ago. Now everything is just on fire over there. There's a couple organizations. You've been around now in your OG here. There's a couple organizations, and I don't think I fully realized it until I got into this role where I have to follow every bullshit rumor that happens from every single team. There's some organizations that you just know, like, okay, this team ain't going to do it. And then there's some organizations where you're like, this team has a chance to go. It's 32 right. teams. The NFL has the greatest parity in the world. But it seems mm-hmm. like there are some real separating factors between the organizations that go and the organizations that don't at all. And now that you've been around a little bit, what do you think is the big thing for an organization to have success? Like, what is, what is the X factor you think that some places don't have? Aside from good decision-making contract-wise. Yeah. Aside from that, what do you think it is? I think uh, I think that's a lot to do with it too. But I think that if everybody had is on the same um, page, I, I think they give us give themselves a great shot. I mean, if you think of the the go, mama, go sit down. What's that dog? Uh, yeah, my baby. What, what type but of dog? What type of dog? What type of dog? She's a rock. She's a rockwiler. Ooh, how old? My baby. She just turned two uh, like last month. Oh, you're gonna have the terrible twos. Look out for the couches. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. But, but no, like I think that just um. So if the GM and the president and the head coach and the owner, if they're on the same page, right, I think you give yourself a great chance to win when when the GM has something else on his mind or a different agenda than the head coach. Now the head coach is not sure if he's going to have a job. And then he's complaining to the owner. And then all that, it's like it gets so messy. Um, and then now it's like everybody's worried about the job. Or I want this player, but he don't want this player. When you work together, because every place I've been at that has worked good, they all work together. Yeah, I think so too. And, and you can, you kind of don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but then as you watch the team, it's like, oh, this is obviously a dysfunctional operation over here. Um, I can't wait to see what you get into, Shady. I appreciate you so much, man. Good luck with your decision for the future, and congrats on a hell of a career thus far. Hey, thank you so much, guys. I will say this: this is one of the best shows I've been on in about thirteen years. Real talk. Come on. That's a, that's more than a decade. What show was 13 years ago that fucking beat our show, though? I wouldn't understand. Ladies and gentlemen, we going. Hey, thanks, man. Josh, I'll take it easy. Hey, you too. Good dude. Yeah. First time he's ever been on. Great mm-hmm. conversation. Man, when he came to Pitt <laughs> and we had to play against him, it was, it was just next. Oh, okay. So Pitt got a guy all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, because we had Steve, we had Pat, we had guys. Then Pitt all of a sudden has a guy. Yeah. Then Rutgers at the time, by the way, had Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. There was just like a lot of guys that were in the Big East all of a sudden. Watching his highlights from college was fucking awesome. I mean, he used to do – he would run with that ball. Like, just carefree. Just com- yeah. Out like this completely. I mean, it was just – that was – it's been like that his entire career too. I mean, it's yeah. just like it does not matter. And I remember the first first time we played him, the, every coach was just like – we're going to get five turnovers. We're going to get five turnovers. <laughs> Punch the ball. Fucking he carries it. He wants to do that. That's on him. That's on him. And then 
he has like three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, no fumbles. Yeah. Yeah. Then it would get really cold, you know, and he'd be still. It's too cold for him to be running like that. Ball's going to sleep. And he would just, no. And then he finally got to a point. I think it was maybe two years or three years into his NFL career where everybody was like, all right, we got to find a new fucking drum to beat. Yeah. <laughs> this guy ain't going to fumble the ball. But you will, young running back. Mm-hmm. Don't you even think about it. He's a stud. Have you ever seen a Rob Ryan do that on the sideline like that? That's like so another awesome. person? Him getting so awesome. Because <laughs> 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 the national anthem, you know, it wasn't always every game. And I think this has come to light now with the entire national anthem controversy that has popped off with everything involving politics and everybody getting involved in the whole thing. It wasn't always every game. It, it didn't. When I was in the league, it changed into that. So it used to be just big games. Like if a national anthem was happening, it was like, oh, this is a big fucking yeah. game. You know what I mean? Then it became every single game. And it was interesting to kind of, you know, a new guy comes to the team. It's like, I'm excited to kind of see how this guy does that. I was a very, I mean, it was just like a. Loose during the national anthem. It was like, I do not need to get, like, I understand this is a very serious moment. And I was always dap up the military and everything like that when they came out with the flag or whatever. But I was always just like, I need to be as loose as possible. This is a very serious moment. And you look over to your left and there's somebody just with like tears coming down their face and they're like praying. And then as soon as things done, they punch themselves in the face. I'm like, man, we are playing the same Whoa. sport. We are, we are very, very, very different, you know, because everybody treats games differently. There's some people that puke before games. There's people that l- literally like punch themselves. Like, I've seen people do that and everything. And then there's some people that are just like literally cutting jokes the minute the ball is being kicked off, it's just two different ways to kind of go about things. The thought of me, I wish I was there just standing next to, you know, Shady or whatever, being his teammate, and then going, he's saying, fuck you. You see that? <laughs> is that that's not to me. I don't, and then what if I was, like, next to him, I go like this, and Rob's like, uh-uh. Huh. <laughs> right, I'll tell him, hey, hey, hey. He's got a, that's just, that is awesome. Because Rob, by the way, all he did was watch film on Shady all week. Oh, yeah. You know? And he was like, this is, we're going to get this mother. You know, like, and so all morning he was like, if we stop Shady, we stop it. Like, you know, like, we got to fuck you, man. Like, I'm like, that's awesome, dude. I couldn't get up that much, obviously. Now, if I had to run my face into somebody, I'm intrigued to see what type of player I would have been if I had to do that. AJ, by the way, we talked to a guy who has the most tackles in one of the greatest franchises history and – I assume he was a pretty loose before the game yeah. guy. Yeah. I would assume he mm-hmm. is not sweating, puking, flipping people off other than his own teammates and refs at he all. He might have been crying during the national anthem, though. You never know. I'll tell you what. When the kneeling started, you know, that was a game changer for the entire national anthem, obviously. Yeah. That was my last year, I think, in the, in the league, I think. I think it was my last year. Might have been the last two years. No, it was the last year for sure. That was, that, that was a game changer, you know, because I was somebody that did spectate how people did the National Anthem mm-hmm. because it was this moment where we had just, you know, warmed up. You go in the locker room, you get everybody, like, is ready for a game, run out of the tunnel like everybody's jacked up, and then you have to sit there for however long it is in complete silence. It's like I'd like to psychologically see how people who are about to go to war basically hand-to-hand combat how they handle this and it was interesting to watch everybody then when the kneeling started it was it was very interesting to see the people that were conflicted with what they were supposed to do by the way potentially changes their routine now at this point so it was all very the national anthem i understand it is called been called into question a lot lately because of the politics and everything that has happened but i don't think you're paying attention close enough for long enough there was real drama happening during that <laughs> national anthem. All over. But cry, I mean, the crying is, it, 
like they would zoom in on a couple players that would do it on national TV and it would hit the internet. It's like, I've seen like numerous dudes cry who are like maybe number 47, 48 on the roster yeah. mm-hmm. who are just like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. My paycheck just tenfold over yeah. this week. And then they're cut the next week. You know, it's just a, it's a pretty cool little thing. It's a pretty pretty cool thing. Let's Man- get through a break, shall we? What's that? Manning or Luck ever do anything uh, during the anthem or they just I was never in? around them. Oh, okay. You know, because you also do see the people who... Let me get next to Peyton here. They yeah. find the yeah. head coach. AQ. <laughs> yeah. AQ. Yeah. 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 AQ is in between Tom and Crump. Yeah. yeah. Looking at the camera. Yeah. Actually. yeah. So, Out of the corner of his you eyes. Know, <laughs> I'm sure AQ will say, that's where I always stand. Yeah. So look at the look at the footage. That's oh. where I always stand is what he'll say. But there are people. I'm not saying AQ, by the way. Yeah, yeah I know. Because yeah. that does not feel like an AQ thing to do, by no, the way, no. at all. Good move, though. But now that he's a coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was a player, I didn't stand near him either. I, I was, all, I always like stood down on the defensive side, way down at the end or whatever. But there are people that you see, like you know, they're the first ones out to give celebrations yep. to. Here we go, Tom. <laughs> I've seen. I'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> I saw a guy. I saw a guy get buried once. Oh, oh no! Really? Coming out for the celebration, somebody stopping on the field, looking at them. And then walking around them and oh. celebrating with somebody else. Yikes. I was jogging out to do the extra point and I was like, oh, that guy just got murdered. <laughs> get a body bag. Can we get a body bag on the 27 yard line? <laughs> so sorry for interrupting this conversation, but I just wanted to say that I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm always looking at a screen now more than ever. And whether you're an avid news watcher or in serious need of a distraction, unplugging yourself is easier said than done. One of my favorite ways to rest my eyes and still get the content I'm itching for is putting in my Raycon wireless earbuds and listening to something great. Whether you're catching up on your favorite podcast, binging an audiobook, or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. No dangling wires or stems to get in your way. Raycons come in a range of stylish colorways, but also with a comfortable in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere and anytime with water and sweat-resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. And with enough battery life for six hours of playtime, you can unplug for a while. The best part? Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon's offering 15% off all of their products for our listeners, and here's what you've got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash pat. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order, so feel free to grab a pair and a spare just in case. That's 15% off at buy. R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash Pat. By Raycon dot com slash Pat. Back to the show. Joining us now is a man who just got paid. Let me hold something. Five-year, $22 million deal for the kicker from the Miami Dolphins. He was all pro last year. The guy damn near never, ever misses. A seventh-round draft pick out in New Mexico, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Sanders. Let's go, What's going on, dude? Hey, what's up, Pat? Thanks for having me. Where are you at? Down in Miami? You're looking at condos, looking at mansions right now? What are you doing? No, I'm actually in Phoenix right now. I just got to a hotel, so not, not very good connection. 
Well, I appreciate you joining us, and congratulations. You'll be able to buy a hotel here soon. Whenever you get a deal like this yesterday, congratulations, earned, not given. It's not normal for kickers to make the name for themselves like you have in Miami. Consistency, turnover, you get this $22 million deal yesterday. Does it all just drop into your bank account today? Is that a part of the contract negotiation? When does it hit, Jason? Um, there's a signing bonus, short signing bonus that I'll probably get in two weeks and then, um, a roster bonus later in a couple months. But I just think it's crazy. You know, I coming out of college three years ago, you think, you know, I know I'm good enough, but am I going to get that opportunity? And, you know, when you get that opportunity, how do you, how do you take advantage of it? So I think three years later, I think it's crazy where it's come. Well, congratulations. I mean, you've absolutely earned it. Uh, Big money. And any time a kicker or punter gets paid, I get so excited because it's a beautiful thing. And especially now with the 33-yard extra points, you're starting to see the separation of the kickers that are good and the kickers that are maybe not as good. There's a tier system. You getting that payment from the Miami Dolphins is them saying, hey, we got a guy that's in that top tier. Your stats speak for themselves. Your game speaks for himself. But you're also a touchdown scorer. Did that come into negotiation at all that you you also scored touchdowns for the Miami Dolphins? No. Uh, okay. I'm just trying to do uh, what I'm asked. That's about it. Yeah, if you want, me, you want me to catch a ball, I'll, I'll go catch a ball. If you want me to throw the ball, I'll throw the ball. So, you know, with, with my routine now, these off seasons, you know, before you start kicking, it's maybe like a 10, 15-minute throw around, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why, why do some guys – you know, we've all been there kicking camps where you see people they have massive legs. It's like, all right, that dude has a massive leg. If he ever can get right mentally consistently, he can go. And now that you've been in the NFL, I assume you've even paid attention to it even more. The amount of guys that come in and leave and come in and leave, the turnover, a kicker and punter, is one that is very difficult. Normally, if you make it to about year four, you're in for for a long haul. You'll probably be on that kicking carousel if you're not with your one team for a long time. But there's a lot of turnover for guys that don't really make it. Was there any difference to you, whether you're on – you on scholarship in New Mexico? I'd assume you got drafted. So on scholarship in New Mexico to their money being on the line or you 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 realizing how much money's on the line for people. Was there any difference? Is that why you think some kickers struggle or what is, is it the ball? What do you think it is? And for you, was there any thought that the NFL wasn't the right league for you? I just think, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the stage can't be too big for you, you know? So, I mean, every year you see how many good kickers there are coming out of college. And so if there's only 32 spots, what sets you apart from the other guys coming out? And they're already current free agents, you know? So I think the thing that helped me the most was just building confidence. Each kick was just another confidence boost for the next one. I think ultimately that's what, you know, I think, puts good seasons together who do you kick with you kick with anybody in the offseason you're a loner uh <laughs> um there, there's a group up in jupiter we'll kick with um i'll kick with my brother a couple times i got a kicking coach out in texas i'll kick with yeah i'm, I'm all over the place your brother's a kicker was he i should probably know this uh he, he's not he's trying right now he's, he's working he's been He's been in the military for the past four years, and he's been grinding, so he's looking pretty good. Well, thank him for his service, obviously. Did he kick in college, or is he going to go to, like, one of those regional combines he got to pay 300 bucks to go to, and that's the way Adam Thielen made his way in? Is that what he's going to end up having to do? Um, I think that'd probably be the best option. I mean, without any college college footage. He played, he played a year or two at a community college out of high school, 
before he he served in the military. How is he? Pretty good. You you say you? I think I think he's pretty good. Any guys that you think in the league that you can learn from at this point, or you think you got your routine and everything dialed in? I mean, you're always learning. You're always taking what you see from other guys as well. But I think everybody's different. And once you find the routine that works for you, every year you got to stick with it, no matter if you're you know in a little slump maybe. But I think I think everybody's different. You got your own routines. You you haven't really hit a slump, by the way. That's why you just paid, got paid twenty two million dollars over the next five years. <laughs> that is not something that has happened. Guys have gotten in slumps. Getting out of slumps are very difficult. Uh, we're talking to Jason Sanders, a man who just got broken off for his consistency as the kicker for the Miami Dolphins. It feels like that team is very close, huh? That team is kind of grown now. I, I don't know. I don't recall. Was your first year of the year that we all thought your team was potentially tanking and B Flow came in and Ryan Fitzmagic did his thing, or were you there before the? Career? got in there no i was there um with with adam gase last year or okay talk ago. about that change is it an entire culture change when b-flow gets in there what is it because it feels like that team has completely flipped around jason i think um when you bring a new coach in i think the fire and some guys elevate a little bit um and the, the, everybody's there to compete do you see the energy people bring at practice um even Coach Flo, the coaching staff, the energy they all bring translates into the game. You know, everybody's having fun, and I think that's what makes it so special. He almost fought a ref, B Flo. Is <laughs> he like that in practice too, or the refs? And that's the emotion I'm talking about—the energy. Hey, does he go it's after the ref? Does he go after the refs in practice as well? BA used to go after the refs in practice. It was awesome. These refs are just in there trying to get extra reps. You know, they got a high school game this weekend or a college game this weekend, and BA is just over there. You ain't never gonna make it in the NFL, boy. You ain't never gonna make it with that type of call. Is B Flow like that, or was that just something where he had a moment where he was pissed off there at that one particular ref? No, I think it was just a, an unfortunate play that happened, and a lot of emotions. You know, even our our whole team was you know heated about it. So I mean, I mean, there's nothing to hold anybody against on that. How do you feel about Ryan Fitzmagic as a human, as just as a human being, Ryan Fitzmagic? I think he's a very special dude. I, I think there's no one like him. Um, the energy he also brings, the 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 character he is, he's just an overall great person to be around. And I think you know, having one of those guys in the locker room is, is huge. What are you gonna buy? Are you gonna buy a mansion with this thing? What are we doing? Are you what are you gonna conserve? Are you gonna invest in Dogecoin? Maybe. What are you gonna do with your big contract? <laughs> See, I'm, I'm I'm a cheap safe guy. I don't know. I got I got I got people. I don't, I don't know. I got I got a car already. I mean, what else do I need? I, I got an apartment. Maybe if it was time to buy a house, I'd buy a house. But I'm not I'm not in a rush. What type of car? Anything cool? 2014 Ford Raptor. Wow. 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 It's a 14. It's a 14. It's yeah, 14. you got any? You got any mods on that thing, or is it just straight out of? Uh, no, it's just it's just a 14. Nothing special. So you're just oh, gonna yeah. sit on this money forever. You're you do what you're like supposed to do when you get paid. Now I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> And that is why you are the most consistent guy, and that's why you get the contract you get. What Matt Hack, that dude, I got a chance to punt with him. I don't know if he told you about it. I got a chance to punt with him. He is a bomber. That might be one of the biggest legs I've ever seen, ever punt a ball. He has every – you guys got a – you and him down there have a chance to be the next guys that kind of make the Pro Bowl together almost, I think. He bombs balls down there. Yeah, when I, when I walked into training camp my rookie year, that was the first thing I noticed. I've never seen a ball hit that big, you know. So, 
Me neither. Me neither. I'm standing next to him. Like, who the fuck is this dude? I'm watching this ball go. I'm like, this guy is slaughtering. And I actually told him at the end, I was like, I've never seen somebody kick a ball the way you kick a ball. Like, you should be in every single Pro Bowl going forward. I don't even know what we're doing. But obviously, there's situations for punters and everything like that. But you and him down there, quite a tag team. It was fun to watch this year. Gumpy, diehard Dolphins fan. What do you have, pal? Yeah, Jason, you guys hit more onside kicks and more fakes than anybody in the league by far. How much do you guys work on that in practice? Um, I don't want to give away any secrets yet, but we, we're, all, we're all working on them. Um, um, I would say I have a, a bag of onside kicks. I probably work on every, you know, maybe Wednesday, Friday. But I mean, it's it's something that that makes me and Matt, I think, unique t- together. I have the onside kicks, and Matt has the cannon of an arm. So the thing about he's a great athlete, by the way. Why him punting balls? I was never. I mean, it was unfucking believable to watch what he was doing, especially because he's a lefty. Normally, lefties are a little bit like more like. I don't like cleaner, you know. He was just bombing balls. I mean, I was looking straight up in the air. You know, not a lot of guys work on their onside kicks because it hurts groins and toes and everything like that. And it's very obvious, I think, watching the NFL do onside kicks. Everybody says the rules and this, it's impossible to do. I think guys have gotten very lazy with onside kicks. It's very nice to hear that you work on them every single week because it's a weapon if you can do it. I think it's just something I'm good at, so might as well keep keep it rolling. Um, I think the rule definitely definitely, definitely makes it harder. I agree. Um, but if you get a good ball with a little bit of luck, um, I, I like our odds. What, did you play soccer? I did. I played soccer all the way up until I got the scholarship offer to New Mexico. Good soccer player? Would have made it as a soccer player? Uh, I like to believe so, but at the end of the day, I only got one offer, and it was to play New Mexico football. So, so as the years go on, I'm looking back. Maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> Seems like. I mean, I'm, nothing's really adding up. Did you always have a strong leg in soccer, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always had. The, you just had the biggest leg on the team, always? No, I don't know. I mean, my whole family, they, they were all soccer players. They all had huge legs as well. And when did you start kicking? In high school, just because fucking around, or did somebody tell you to do it? Um. So... My freshman year of high school, my brother was the the varsity kicker, oh, and no. I had the football coach as a health teacher, and he wanted me to play because he thought my brother was really good, and I was I was wasn't about it. You know, I I was like, no, I'm a soccer player. I don't want to do it. And so I ended up showing up a day before the game, kicked a couple field goals, a couple bombs, and then got out. And <laughs> every week I started showing up, and I was part of the team. Hey, I'm, I'm, and then I started playing freshman and then JV and then varsity the last two years. Well, I'd assume they're happy that you did that. Your family should be as well. Here you are paid one of the best in the game at this point, only going to get better. Uh, I appreciate you stopping by, man. Congrats. Enjoy Phoenix over there. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, go spend some of that money, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like, you know what I mean? I'm, like, a, I'm a golfer, so all, all I need is a nice course. Are you yeah. good? Are you a good golfer? Yeah, uh, seven handicaps, six handicaps. Good luck out on the course out there, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Great golfer. Yeah.
Great golfer. Most kickers, punters are, by the way. Mm -hmm. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, kickers, punters, normally very good at golf. Now, you can dive deeper into that. Normally, where those particular position groups are coming from, golf might be a pretty prominent sport. Not 100% sure for everybody, but I'm saying if you paint a broad brush, normally that's the case. My, my family was not a big golf family growing up, so my first set of clubs was actually after I got drafted, that whole thing. But a lot of guys, they kind of grow up playing, and then it, it becomes one of those things like, okay, when you punt, you have to do the same swing every single time. When you kick, you have to do the same swing every time. When you golf, you have to do the same. So it's normally something that guys can pick up relatively mm-hmm. easy if you have that ability in your mind to be able to do something and repeat it on a normal basis. Normally that translates well. That's why you would think my golf game would be better than it actually is. Son of a bitch. Joining us now, professional golfer AJ Hawk. Yeah! You missed the kicker, Jason Sanders from the Dolphins. I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but it's great to have you here, AJ. Yeah, it's good to be here. A couple minutes before the show, all of a sudden, my little preempt deal that I plug into just decided to be dead. So I had to scramble and found my old one, and, and hopefully you can hear me. Well, you sound great, and thanks for making a play there. Yeah, AJ, 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 AJ AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! made a play you know what i mean that was for tj by the way shout out to you over there in seattle aj a lot of conversation today have you ever met shady in real life he was a great conversation earlier today i have i played against him obviously i have not met him but i got i caught a little bit of that uh, interview yeah what a like uh, a guy that has a lot of awareness and has had a, a hell of a career too like I, I appreciate like how he views everything i would assume that whenever you played against him for the first time your defensive coach much like the defensive coaches that i heard speak thought that you know the way he carries the ball just be able to punch that thing out like let's not even let's just go ahead and get the secure the tackle for sure but let's remember bad ball security on shady or whatever he kind of killed that narrative he's the only guy i can recall that is running like that all the time and has had success with it and hasn't been like a catastrophe and i think that in of itself deserves hall of fame cred just just that that whole thing there well, he'll go into traffic like that. A lot of times guys can be loose with it, but then when they're anywhere near traffic, they're putting two hands or they're tucking it away. Like Shady has so much confidence in what he – maybe he's just got the strongest hands and forearms in America. I don't know. Hey, he's got two Super Bowl rings. You know what I mean? The awesome. internet has to hate that. They have mm-hmm. to hate that. The internet has to hate that. That guy. And by the way, um, a little follow-up. Speaking of Super Bowl, we heard yesterday from Rob Ninkovich that he has one of the Lombardis because it's an option to Super Bowl champions, I'd assume. I don't know. I've never won. So, AJ, you would have to tell us more here. Do you get an option to potentially buy a Lombardi from Tiffany's if you want a Super Bowl? Is that how that works? And were you offered that? If that is how it works, no one uh, made me aware of this. And I don't know, maybe all of my teammates from back then have one of these Lombardis, and I just didn't uh, get the memo. Vinatieri has four of them, right? I mean, we, yeah, we yeah. Call, he called us from the, the oh, Super Bowl. Like full, full replicas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It looked like they were full size, and they were just sitting there, and he has a pool table, and he was sitting at the bar, yeah. and he's just got all these like NFL legendary moments plastered all the way around. He has basically the Hall of Fame Museum which he was a part of in his downstairs. And I assume he only goes down there like during Super Bowl week or only a couple times or whatever. But yeah, he had four of them behind there. We started looking. We could buy one for the next set for our next office. Something to think about. You know what I mean? Something to think about here. I should. The the only thing I have, my uh, one of my older brothers has, it's a replica Super Bowl ring, but it's a paperweight. So it's gigantic. Like it would, it would make, it would be big on Shaq's hand. Probably. Uh, (laughs) Probably not, by the way. I've seen Shaq. He was selling printers the other day. Yeah. yeah. Fucking shot him. I got his printer. I bought his printer. He, he sold me his printer. <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, That's why Shaq is Shaq. Yeah. 
yeah, we need a new printer for some certain area. I'm like, man, this is right. Look, yeah, no, uh, you don't have to buy cartridges. You just get the ink in a bottle and you just fill it right up in the machine. Man, Shaq got me. I understand why he, he pubs everything. <laughs> Shaq, that's so much smarter. Okay, that's so much smarter, Shaq. Thank you for him, the general, the icy hot, the yeah, printers, the everything, the drinks, the, the DJ. He mm-hmm. is the hardest working human on earth. We need a young Shaq series. Oh, oh, we have to get to yeah. a break 19 minutes into the third hour here. Please. We will talk to AJ about young rock last night oh, i'm yeah. sure he's excited to hear what Love toxic it. nick had to say mm-hmm. about it we'll take some of your phone calls one 888 mad dog let's have a wednesday the 17th i'm going on vacation after this show i will call into tomorrow's show but tomorrow's show dance with me we'll be hosted by adrian hawk in this studio right oh! now oh! ain't that right aj yeah hopefully i i make it i'm gonna make the trek over there tomorrow morning what do you mean, make it? It's supposed Hopefully, to snow. Maybe come out give tonight. Give yourself by the some way. time yeah. to get yeah. here. Maybe come, come out tonight. It's supposed to snow tomorrow morning. Yeah. Hey, on, on a real note, so two days ago, my left rear tire just, <laughs> I, I pulled in my garage and realized it's completely flat to the rim. So there's no way I'm going to go get it, you know, situation, do whatever. So I got my fix the flat, fix the flat in there, bunch more air on top of it. It seems to be running okay for the last day and a half. I'm good to drive to Indy, right? Yeah, three hours. Three hours in like negative 10 degree weather, which automatically gets the air out of your tires already. This seems like a very smart decision. If I were you, I'd be trying to turn right as often as possible too. Go ahead and put some heat on that thing. Go ahead and let it, (laughs) go ahead and test that thing early. You know what I mean? See if it pops out there. And this is a two wheel drive truck you have, by the way. No, it's a four-wheel drive, but the good thing is I have two extra cans of fix the flight in my truck right oh, now for the drive. Smart. So whenever that thing blows out, when you're going about, I don't know, what, 45, 50 miles an hour because yep. of the weather tomorrow, mm-hmm. when that thing blows out, you'll be able to pull into one of the other lanes that haven't been plowed yet while the people are driving by, potentially out of control as well, and you just go ahead and yeah. put your fix the flat back in there. We appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you doing that. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm hosting a show tomorrow. Yeah, he's not yeah. coming. He's already setting him up, you know, for success oh, when no, he doesn't show up. I will I will rent a car in the middle of the highway. I'll find a way. I'll get there. Don't worry. Enterprise. Oh, yeah. Did you hear earlier why I'm doing the first hour, hour and a half uh, from the FaceTime? No. Well, I booked a guest personally, asked the person to come on the show and say, hey, I would love to talk to you. Just three days ago, I did that. Completely forgot that I would not be here. So I'm going to FaceTime from the beach probably for that conversation. And immediately following, I'm going to get the fuck out. Okay. Who is it? Who's this guest? It's a NASCAR guest. Mitch McConnell? (laughs) Oh, if only. (laughs) It's not Mitch McConnell, but it's not Mitch McConnell. Mitchy. We couldn't get Mitch McDowell on. (laughs) Does he know that you're, does he know that I'm going to, be sitting in for you and you're going to be via FaceTime from some beach somewhere in all, some exotic location? All he's going to see is just my face on there. You know what I mean? It's Now, granted, I might have the sombrero on. Yeah. I might be a little loosey-goosey at sure. the time. But all he'll see is me with my socialite thing set up right there at the beach chair. And I'll just be chilling. He won't even know. He'll think this is kind of... No, actually, he does watch the show. He would know. He he's know. probably heard me say this, actually, so... It'll be a good convo, though. Yeah. Great convo. I'm excited to see you host this thing tomorrow, AJ, and we appreciate you. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. If you liked it, please be a friend, tell a friend. I'll be on a beach for the next couple of days, so feel free to tweet me things that are funny. I'll be uh, probably on a different planet for most of it. Sure. So, you know, ha-has are welcomed mm-hmm. into the Twitter notifications and such. I appreciate you all so much for listening. I know there's a lot of other things that you could listen to. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, we are eternally grateful. We're back tomorrow, aren't we, Ty? Big show. Hell yeah. Huge show. Huge show. 
Um, Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. Talk to you later, dude. Thank you.